I didn't get there by wishing for it or hoping for it, but by working for it. Estee Lauder. You are listening to The Real Estate Investor Show, episode number 10. Welcome, ladies, to The Real Estate Investor Show, providing inspiration, strategies, and insight to empower women investors to live balanced and financially free lives. Now, here are your co-hosts, Liz and Andressa. Let's face it, ladies, everyone gets the same boring advice when graduating from college. It goes something like this. Go and get a high-paying job so you can achieve the dream of buying your first home. Well, in today's episode, we spent time with Tennille McCoy, who decided to take a different approach and instead purchased a four-unit apartment building as her first property, where she lived in one of the units and rented the rest out. Tennille's from Mercer County, New Jersey, where she is a full-time human resources director. She's a realtor, active investor who focuses on buy and hold multifamily investments. Tennille is also extremely community focused and makes time to be a strong advocate for women and children. Hi, everyone. We have uh, Tennille McCoy with us today. Hi, Tennille. Hello. How are you? Thanks so much for having me on today. I'm really excited. Absolutely. We're excited to, to chat with you about a lot of different things we're going to get into. Uh, and uh, Tennille uh, has got a really neat background and a lot of neat things to, to share with us today. Uh, you know, we like to kind of kick things off, you know, what compelled you to become a real estate investor? Not just how'd you get started, we want to hear that, but more importantly, what for you made you want to invest in real estate? Wow. So I kind of will go into more of a story about how I landed into my first property. I, I think as an investor and as a millennial, it was really important for me to be able to own uh, my own home, of course. But at the same time, you want to have that flexibility to be able to do other things. So you still want to be able to travel and being able to do those personal uh, things that you would like to do. So for me, it was important to look at other areas. And one of the things I decided to look at was a four-unit apartment building. And I, I mean, of course, I wanted a, looked at the condo, I looked at the townhome, I looked at the single family home, but when I got back to it and I really analyzed my finances and what would be best for me in the long run strategically, the four unit was the best way to go. And as many of you probably already know, a, a four unit building you can still purchase under a FHA loan. And you don't have to put down 20%, you still only have to put down the 3.5, which is something that's absolutely amazing for people to be able to look at. So what I did, I, I purchased a four unit apartment building under a FHA loan. It was my first property and I lived in one of the units. So it was, so that particular property has two, two bedrooms and then two one bedroom units. I took the two bedroom because I have too many clothes. <laughs> as uh, any woman do and so um and i and lived in one of the units and then that particular property actually was a foreclosure at the time um and i was a, a realtor and as a realtor i also was able to gain the three percent uh get that commission from the property which is awesome yeah and in doing that, it really allowed me to, to grow equity and have equity in the property. And once you have equity in the property, you're able to pull that and purchase more. And that's something that most folks really need to understand. So living in the one apartment, I was able to, those other three, rent them out. And I pretty much, my mortgage was paid for and I had extra and a lot of people, that's something that you really need to analyze when going into kind of investing into a property. You want, you just don't want to make your rent or you just don't want to make your mortgage. You want to be able to have some extra left over. That's awesome. So right now, do you manage yourself foreign units? And the rest, do you have a property management company taking care of that? Management company is my father. So I do four. <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> if I can, if we can look at this, so you have, you know, they, they have this term out there, house hacking, 
where people, people will buy, you know, the property and even live in flips where they'll live in the flip and then they do all the work and then they move out and then sell the house. So you, so you did it on the other side of, of actually buying a multifamily, living, it, living in one of the units and then, and then renting out the other three. You know, it's funny because, you know, my husband and I started, we really should have done that and we didn't, um, you know, and I think that's such a like, phenomenal strategy. A couple of things come up for me or a couple of questions. So when you did that, were you ever nervous about, now you were managing that property, correct? Oh, yeah. yeah. So were you ever nervous? So how did you deal with tenants? So I've never, I never lived with my tenants before. I'm curious to, 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 to especially women listening to this that have that, because it's a great strategy. You know, you're absolutely right. You could put less money down. You're investing in your, your long-term wealth and you have a place to live. It's just a phenomenal way to get going in this business, no question. But, you know, then the question becomes like, so you're living in the same building as your tenants, right? I'm just always curious about that. How did, you, how did you manage that? How did you work through that? You know, what did you do to make sure there was some separation and you weren't getting knocks on your door at like, you know, 2 a.m.? You, and you have to be very firm. You really yeah. do because you're going to get that knock at the door and saying, hey, can I hand you the rent? It's like, no, your rent is supposed to be deposited into the account that I provided you and you have to close the door. Like, thank you. So you have to really draw that line. Um, to Neil, can I borrow butter? No. <laughs> you have to be able to draw that line. It's so like you want to be neighborly. It, 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 it's, you have to be very firm in some sense. Now, of course, I'm not this, uh, this person that's not humane in sense and sense, but at the same time, you want to be able to have that balance and, and live your life. But I really had some awesome tenants. I probably, throughout my years, maybe three that I can think of that I've had issues and one of them is still around. It was just, they, they went through some, some problems and you have to be sympathetic and empathetic to those things at the same time. But yeah, you, you want to be able to have some type of balance in the sense. Yeah. yeah that's, that's a, that's a, um, so then how long did you actually live in the building? I lived in that building almost five years. Okay. So you lived there five years. I was there for, for quite some time, even though during that five-year period, I would say uh, within the three-year period, we purchased another property, and I was kind of getting that together, getting the tenants in. I was very comfortable um, in, the, in the building that I was in, yeah. and so getting the other one together, and then continuously just like purchasing from there, and I just found that, honestly, you want to be able to save as much money as possible. Um, you want to be able to uh, maintain that mortgage by yourself. And I, I know, I don't know if we're going to go into this, but it's really important to look at how you're paying your mortgages. So a, each mortgage company will give you, give you the opportunity to pay your mortgage twice a month. I find that to be so important. It really allows you to take a lot of that interest and years off of your mortgage. It is something that I truly do recommend uh, for investors, individuals who are starting out. And if you don't necessarily have a lot of money to put down, but you have a little bit of wiggle room, if you can do that, pay it on the 1st and the 15th. And then you can also possibly add $100 to each uh, mortgage payment. Honestly, it probably would take a, a, a nice, if you're going to 30 year, probably would take about 10 years off of your mortgage. Uh, I think you were touching an extremely important point within the real estate investment, which is financial education, especially for women that don't feel um, comfortable working with numbers. I think that uh, that's a myth that needs to be dropped down like yesterday. Um, You've got to be good with numbers in real estate. There's no other way around. And even though if your partners know the numbers well, you need to know as well as them. Uh, it's a challenge when uh, at the beginning, when you are looking at a multifamily, how to break down all the numbers and figuring out, is this a deal? It is not a deal. What would you recommend to those ladies out there there are exactly right now looking at a spreadsheet and I say, is $100 per door enough or is cash flow enough or no, it's not cash flowing at all. But I see that probably there is equity in the future because of appreciation. So what I want to get from you is 
what are the items that it is a must-have for you in order to um, um, make sure that it is a deal? So, great question. I would, I, you know, I wasn't that individual who had, you know, fifty thousand dollars in the bank. I, I had, I had probably around twenty at that time when looking to purchase my home. I didn't want to use all my money, and you have to to recognize that, guys. Don't put everything into a home because down the line, a month, the the same week, uh, you know. Things can happen. The heating system goes. Um, there's so many things that can occur that you have to be prepared for and, and prepared financially. So I remember when I made my purchase, and my dad didn't even want me to get into uh, being a landlord. My father <laughs> was a landlord for, for many, many years, and it was something that I wanted to tackle. I really wanted to try it. And I said, Dad, just let me do this. Just let me try it. It's a risk. If it doesn't work, then hey, you know, I just know it's not for me. But it's probably, it's one of the, it's definitely one of the best choices I've ever, ever made. And I'm so glad that I did it. So I re, it was, remember guys, it's a foreclosure. So I purchased this foreclosure and something else comes at the, the closing table, it's the water bill. I'm like, wait, I gotta pay this water bill. <laughs> so those type of things will come up during closing. Be prepared for those. And it, it can be discouraging in some sense, but when you look at, when I look at this building and the amount of money that I paid for the building, so, and, and I, you know, I'm totally fine talking numbers. So my, my first building, I paid $150,000 for. This building was worth 300000 Hmm. I remember partnering with this other realtor from my office to kind of set this up. And I got a little discouraged when hearing, okay, I had to pay this and pay these other bills from the person before me. And he said, Tennille, I'm telling you, this is one of the best investments you will ever make in your life. Like this just does not happen. Everyone doesn't fall into this. So especially if you don't have 200,000 on the table just to pay cash. I was financing. Usually that doesn't happen to a person that's going to finance. So fast forward day of when I had the keys and I walk into the basement, the basement's like flooded with work. <laughs> so I had work on day one of this building. It didn't cost a lot to have someone come and vacuum up the water, but it was just a little discouraging. And so the apartment that I wanted to live in, the woman was a heavy, you know, a, a smoker. And I don't smoke. And so all the, the paint and what I had to do to get this apartment the way I needed it, it was work. So updating the bathroom, updating the kitchen, sanding down the, the hardwood floors. But I think it really comes down to connecting with a great team of people, um, asking around for, hey, who do you utilize for? Who's your electrician? Who's your plumber? Who's your carpenter? So asking those questions. And seeing if individuals have had particular issues with uh, with someone. Now you have Facebook. Um, you can ask all types of questions, and people will respond and give you recommendations, which is awesome. So I would say utilize social media for just that. Now, did I make some mistakes? Sure, I did. I remember having to. My father said, "Tanil, one of the first things that you want to do." is separate the heating system. So I purchased this property in June. I wasn't worried about the heat then. <laughs> I'd be worried about the heat come October. Sure enough, he was correct. Thank God that I had separated that heating system because it was oil. So we have to take the, uh, the oil tank out. It wasn't underground, which was great. We just had to basically just pull it right out of the basement. So that's less work. Um, of course, you have to make sure that you're going down to this township, you're gaining your, your permits, make sure you're just doing everything in the right way, because it will come back to bite you guys. Uh, when you're changing out tenants, you have to make sure that you have your landlord license, that they are all, all re, um, you know, everything's recorded in the proper way. So just make sure you're doing all that. But I remember doing the heating system, and I decided to not select all of the, the best um, systems that I could have. 
and I took the lowest bidder. So I had gone with, I looked at three different people and I ended up taking the lowest bidder. Well, guess what? The lowest bidder is going to provide you with the cheapest heating system. I will say, thank God, the only problem that I had in that building was my heating system, not my tenant. So I went without heat a couple of nights, but thank God it wasn't my tenants that went without the heat because that would have been a whole nother issue where you know you want to provide them with like small heaters or you want to put them into a hotel. So you always want to treat your, your tenants how you would want to be treated. And that's one thing I definitely pride myself on. I can live in all of my units and I would be comfortable and I would be happy with that. And so that's something that you always want to be able to do. You want to be able to, to show um, the type of landlord that you are. So yes, I didn't have this, you know, this, this spreadsheet. I mean, I kind of knew where I was financially, uh, but going in and as I, I conquered more buildings and homes, I, I did begin to kind of build this spreadsheet for myself. But going in the first time, no, I didn't have that. It was just like, okay, I have this pot of money and these are the things that I need to do. And okay, I'll work from there. Yeah, that's awesome. I remember our first year, uh, we, we put together a spreadsheet and we were not sure exactly if that sp spreadsheet was full or if, if we were missing something. So we actually asked for other for folks that we trust that have done what we we're looking to do to take a look. And for sure, we were missing a couple of things over there. Uh, still had, you know, room and the deal went through, but I always recommend a couple of you know, different eyes on your spreadsheet. You might not be seeing a couple of things that other more experienced folks might be able to see it extremely quick and, and, and fix that right away. Right, right, right. And I know we were, we're, I'm always, anytime I go and speak to like high school students or college students, I do talk about my investments and how I purchased my first building, deciding to, you know, purchase the four unit building, live in one and rent out the other three. There's so many times that as, you know, millennials, as we have this new generation, why that's coming up where they think it's so cool to come out of college. Um, you live a couple years with mom and dad and that's not working out because you've been away for, you know, four or five years and you want to move with the new boyfriend or the with your with your friends and you begin to to rent uh, a lot of times that just doesn't play out the way that you think it will i would say be careful um, be strategic in your thinking and the actions that you take when you decide to rent with friends um there can be you already don't have kind of this financial plan. You're, you're, you're all going into this um, very fresh and, and new. So there are things that you're going to learn. I, I really like to tell millennials and Generation X, um, Generation Y to stay home as, as long as you can. Save your money. So whether you're giving your parents a couple of hundred dollars for rent with them, because I had to pay rent when I was uh, living with my parents and that really does help. And, you know, a lot of parents don't want to charge their, their kids rent, but there's nothing wrong with that. If you're charging them a hundred dollars, the $300, really nothing wrong with that. Um, some parents will take that money and they will actually put it in a savings for their their children and so when they do decide to to move out they'll say hey i'm giving this back to you because this is what you paid for rent and it's almost a savings for them which is also uh, really awesome for a, a young person to learn but i say this to say try to stay at home as, as long as you can and i and it's sometimes a lot of parents laugh at that and are just like, no, 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 I, I need my kids to move out. And I say, you know, right, right at that 27 mark is when you need to start really, really looking. But once you, when you're like 21 to 25, you can stay at home and, and save your money. Um, you know, if you get an opportunity to travel, be careful in the things that you purchase when it comes to cars. You know, I made a huge, huge mistake. I think I was 21 and I, I bought this <clears throat> CLK Mercedes. I spent $15,000, a, a 
put $15,000 cash on a car and still had to finance the rest. Like that was the dumbest mistake I've ever made in my life ever. And I worked really hard. I worked, I had like three jobs and saved that money myself. And so it was like, it was one of the worst mistakes I've ever made because I could have easily purchased a townhome and here in Hamilton Township for roughly about 70, 75 at that point. And it, you know, could have flipped that so many times. So it's those things that I think you have to be able to think about. Uh, and, I, and I say this to young people all the time. It's easier for you to become a millionaire in your 30s than it is in your 40s and 50s. Yeah, I think that's a, it's a really good point, uh, Tanil. You know, it's funny when we, we do a lot of education as well. And when I look at the demographics of who's, you know, looking at our YouTube channel or who's asking us questions, it's 20 to 25. I mean, it's so many people. It's usually young guys, so I want to see that, you know, a little more, some more young females asking us questions. But, but the demographic is always young people. They're in their 20s, usually young, 20, you know, like the 20 to 25 demographic because you can track that. And it's just intriguing to me that, you know, that's who wants to have this, you know, education. They always say, how do I get started? It's overwhelming, you know, and here I am trying to pay down student loans or I just got out of college and, you know, you get into that trap, right? And, and there's a lot of societal pressure out there um, to get that, you know, nice home or buy your first home versus, you know, you know, buying a fourplex. I think that, that, you know, it, so we're, you know, I think, I think young people are dealing with a lot of those pieces. What, what do you, what do you say to those folks or even the parents of those young people, right? The, the, you know, it's, 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 it's a generation that, you know, um, is mobile, you know, they're moving, they're, they're, they're not just settling. So, how do you manage all that? Like, what do you, not manage it, but how do you, um, what advice would you give to those young people wanting to get going? How do they get going? How do they own that fourplex if that's something important to them? How do they even know if they want to own a fourplex? You know? Right, right. Because again, you know, you have, you're the landlord. You have to be able to, to manage the property. Is that something right. that you want to do? Are you a people person? I'm super social. I'm a people person. And so I'm totally fine with having to, to have those, whether it's a difficult conversation with an individual um, or I'm just having this neighborly conversation. So I think those are something that's truly important. You have to be hands-on when you're owning these buildings. I go around my you know, my buildings and if there's trash, I'm picking up the trash, guys. So I'm not gonna wait for someone to come and pick up trash. Uh, if I have to cut grass, I know how to, I can cut grass. It is what it is. If, if I have to paint, we're gonna paint. Um, I don't know how to do crown molding. That's probably one of the most difficult things. To <laughs> cut it in a certain way. It seems but complex. <laughs> it looks like it's easy, but no, <laughs> you'll 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 probably waste so much material trying to do crown molding. But you you want to be able to learn uh, to work on your own building. And no, I'm not saying you're going to be this electrician or this plumber. But I think it's important that you watch. Don't ever, no one's going to go into my building and do work. And I'm probably, and, and I'm not there. Um, I, I, and, and, and I want to be able to, not that I'm hanging over them, but I'm very interested and curious of what they need to do. Or could I have done anything differently uh, for this not to happen? Or what do I need to do going down to, to down the road to make sure that this doesn't happen again? And so you want to be able to ask those questions, especially with your first few properties. It's really important. Even when it's PSUNG, I'm crawling up the ladder with the guy. We're in the attic. And, you know, ladies, hey, just put a hat on to cover up your, your, your head so you don't get all the dust and things. But I think you have to be able to crawl up there just like everyone else. Um, and, and see what's happening because you don't want to be overcharged. If you're not asking the questions, if you don't know the amount of hours that it takes to do the labor, if you're not recognizing the material that's coming in and out of your building, uh, if you have material that's left over, you need to ask the question, why? Uh, why wasn't this estimated in the right way? So it's those questions that you wanna be able to definitely ask. When it comes to uh, a millennial that, or you know, the Generation Y that wants to get into this investment um, business, I would really say to you that 
Owning property is one of the most important investments that you will ever make in your life. And I think it is beyond necessary to own your own house, um, whether it's a, a duplex or a quad or commercial. And that's something I hope to get into. I'm not into commercial yet, but I hope to get into commercial real estate um, in, in the near future. But it is, it is one of the most rewarding um, opportunities that I've ever, you know, kind of created for, for myself. And I am always open to um, mentoring someone, um, inspiring someone to, to make the same uh, path for themselves. I tell my little cousins all the time, you know, if I'm showing them a home, whether it's single family or townhouse, I will definitely first show them a couple of multi-units and say, look, you don't have to have the quad, but if you live in, we do the duplex, you live in one and then you rent out the other, your mortgage is pretty much covered. Those are the things that you really want to be able to think about because mm -hmm. guess what, guys, you, it, I don't know what the percentage is, but there's always a possibility that you will be laid off from your job. I was laid off from my position. I had worked in the, you know, the governor's office for, for many, many years. And as you know, when the new administration comes in, they pretty much clean house. And so at that point, I was laid off for about four months. And so I had to, I was able to maintain everything because of this building. It, it really worked. It really was able to provide me with those necessities and I was still able to do other things that I wanted to do. Yeah, I think that, that that's great. You're touching base on the mindset of uh, a lot of people have the same mindset that the parents, however, they don't want to live the life that the parents are, are living. So it's just like, okay, so what else is out there? for me to, to, to figure it out. And I think that it needs to be clear that in order for you to have an extraordinary life, you need to be extraordinary in your, in your mindset as well and not have an ordinary life in terms of looking for a stable, is that existent, like stable job. To me, there's no such thing. Stable job, get married, get the first house, and then we all know the story about. So what are the sacrifices that people are looking to do right now to have that extraordinary life? Um, finding a mentor that can show you a different path because you don't know what you don't know. It's the, the, first, the first thing that I will say um, to get information about what are the other possibilities that I'm not seeing right now for me and, and just be very conscious about how much you're bringing in and how much you're spending. As you mentioned, the car and other stuff, it's all about uh, keeping up with the Jonases, but you might not even know the Jonases, not even like the way that they do things. So you got to create your, your own, own self and surround yourself with like-minded people. Uh, are you part of um, any mastermind or, or group of women that think alike? So I, it, it's funny. I have some friends that are just uh, either becoming realtors and are um, getting into the real estate business. But one of my cousins, uh, Samantha Moses, she is, her and I at a very young age, both of our fathers had, uh, you know, owned property, owned their own businesses as well. And so for us, it was kind of a no brainer to, to get into the business. And we both have real estate. We both um, bounce things off each other. If I have, you know, an issue, she's probably the person that I call uh, vice versa. And so we've definitely been able to, at a young age, be able to bounce things off of one another. It's definitely, it's changed in some sense now that I have some new people that are uh, taking a seat at the table, which is amazing. And as, as women, we want to be able to continue that. And it's something that I always inspire and try to push people into that particular direction regards to purchasing real estate and becoming a, a landlord or even if you want to flip property it's it's so many ways of being able to get into this business but it's really important one of my younger cousins just contacted me last week and said hey i think i want to become a realtor like do it 
um, it, it, it's, it's something that it takes its work and you're investing into your future as a realtor, but uh, you'll, you'll be able to see some things that I can't necessarily just talk to you about. It's you just visually seeing them and then kind of navigating through the entire process. And I, I believe it uh, obviously would allow you to say, you know what, this is something that I want to invest in as well. What would you say has been the biggest challenge you've dealt with over the years, um, keeping it all kind of balanced? You're, you're a full-time uh, HR director. You're very involved in the community, politically, socially. Um, you speak to a lot of young people to help them. I mean, you're you know, managing property and uh, buying investment properties. You have a lot on your plate. And, and, and uh, more than, than, than a lot of people, most people. So what for you, how do you keep everything together? What do you do for yourself that keeps you growing and, and evolving and just keeping kind of, you know, um, on top of everything? What do you do to kind of keep it together? <laughs> so I am a super spiritual person. Um, I put God first in everything that I do. And I am that individual who I'm a firm believer and, you know, tithing. So taking 10% of my earnings and giving back, it's something that's so important. And I think that really sets me apart and provides me with the favor of, of God. And, and unfortunately, I can't ever talk about my rewards and my success without talking about God, because the things that have happened in my life are absolutely just amazing. Um, you know, being at the right place at the right time. I remember that building. I remember seeing it on the MLS and I went past it so many times on the MLS because it was like these dark, uh, gloomy pictures. And it actually said Trenton, the city of Trenton, and it didn't say Hamilton. So mm. I knew I wanted to purchase in the township. And something told me, I, I remember driving through that neighborhood, and I said, those buildings look the same. And so I went back, and, and, I, and I rode through that, that um, property when I wasn't a realtor. And so it just kind of connecting the dots, and I was like, you know what, let me just take a drive by. And drove by the property and I said, okay, this is like, I'm, I'm going to try to get this property. And so it just, that property was, was waiting for me. It had been on the market for a super long time. That property was just waiting for me. And a property like that does not sit. Like I said, it was listed at like, we listed 150 and the equity in that property, everything around it was going for like 300. Like that just doesn't happen. So definitely, um, you know, favor and making sure that you give back. And so that is why I do so much community service work. It's really important for me able to give back to women and, and children and others and veterans in the community. It's whether it's my money, my time, my energy, that's something that I will continue to do. And I love doing it. So uh, once I'm done with you guys today, I'm going to be going to a meeting, a committee meeting for CASA, which is court appointed advocate uh, for neglected and abused children. I've been their co-chair for many, many years. We're having an event um, next year. And so we're working through that. And it's really about giving these children uh, the proper resources and, and tools to be successful and we want to make sure that they're aligned with families that love them and that can take care of them and so i'm passionate uh, about doing these things that's great and i think what you're you know what you're saying uh speaking to me in a lot of ways people you know people use god they use the universe they call it whatever whatever works for them in their own spiritual beliefs but what's really neat about it is that you are um bigger than we're bigger than what you know, what, what is out there, you know, there's more to everything than just our physical bodies and, and the way of being that you're bringing to the table that has affected your business and affected your ability to create so much for, for yourself and for others is that you have this, um, giving nature, which is really what it's all about and giving and, and, and supporting and, um, you know, and, and it's also, you know, you said something great like that, that's waiting for me. That building is waiting for me. And, you know, every morning I get up and I have these intentions and, you know, and, and like any business, you don't, everything's not perfect, but 
there's intentions that I'm holding. Like we are selling these buildings. Um, this building is going to be fully funded. Whatever stuff we're working on, I just see it happening. I know it's going to happen. I don't know the timeline. <laughs> I don't know how it's all going to work, but I hold it every single day. And, and to your point, you're the same way. It's like you have to have that way of being because you know what? If you go into it like, oh no, not sure if I'm going to get the financing, not sure if I'm going to find the property. Oh no. Like, okay, great. What you, what you say is what you become, <laughs> whether it's good or bad. So and if I have those days, I'm like, stop it. <laughs> stop talking. Stop saying that. Because I know what's going to get me. You know, I, know, I know more than, than, you know, that your mindset is, is so key. So I love that you bring, you, that, that building was waiting for me. I love that. You know, I think that's, um, we all need to have that way of being like the perfect opportunity is waiting for me versus, ah, I don't know, the, the market's really, really competitive right now. Don't think I'm going to get any properties. Well, you know what? You're not going to get any properties. Right, right, right. <laughs> Right? I mean, so. You want to be positive and, and the way that you're thinking. And guess what? Some things just might not work out for you. That's right. I had, I had a, um, a couple, maybe about two months ago, I went to show them a house and I couldn't, the key would not open the door. Like all three of us tried it. We even like had the realtor come out and try the key and it would not open the door. And as we're trying this like, thunderstorm came over us and so they were thinking like it was a sign that maybe they should get it <laughs> like no it was a sign that you shouldn't buy this house and we even like we totally pushed it we went through we got to the inspection process uh we as we went through the inspection process we found that was like knob and tube in the house which if anybody knows knob and tube is just it's work is so much work so you really don't want to ever purchase a home with knob and tube if you do want a home with knob and tube make sure the seller pays for all the uh electric work to be done you never as the buyer want to pay for that so we got through that inspection and at the end like the sellers didn't want to come up with i think it was like 10 grand but any knob and tube is going to at least cost you about 15 and up and it's like, you got to knock down walls and you never know what you're going to find. This is an older home. And so the wife finally said, you know what? Nope, this isn't for us. We're going to look at something else. And we went and found this other home and everything was done and it was absolutely perfect. So sometimes guys don't push it. If, if it just doesn't work, it just doesn't work for you and move on to the next thing because your home is going to be waiting and available for you and the process will be seamless. Well, maybe not so seamless, but seamless. <laughs> You'll work through it, right? It'll become seamless. You'll work through it. The things, you know, your resources, they'll be there for you to be able to utilize. Well, this has been great. And, and before we, we jump to how folks can get in touch with you, you said you're, you're looking to get into commercial. So just curious, your, your mindset around the uh, pivoting, right? So it's it, it is a big, this business can get boring and you're, you're you know, you're doing, you know, if you're buying multifamily, you're good at that. You kind of then get interested in maybe something different. And we all, that happens because there's so many elements of, of this business and different types of buildings. So I'm curious for you, what, what has inspired you to look at potentially commercial? And do you mean like office, you know, office buildings? Do you mean like, you know, big apartment buildings? Like what, tell us a little bit more about what's on the horizon for you and how you're assessing to make that shift or how to, you know, how to, what's, what's inspiring you to move, you know, to in that direction? Yeah. Um, it's just time, definitely time to do it. And um, there's a couple of things that I'm looking at. So, and I'm not too sure about it. So I've been talking to my father um, one thing, uh, in the city of Trenton, there are these rooming, uh, type buildings or so rooming, um, houses. So basically a rooming house would be an individual just rents a room and there could be as many as like 20 of them, 30 of them. And you really like when I say that's work, you almost need someone in there physically, like full time, like nine to five to be able to navigate through that because a person might not stay with you um, more than a week or they might stay with you for a month or they might stay with you for years, you never know. So you have to be able to, to gain more income to make sure you have that steady flow of income. A person has to be present to receive the new tenant. Those things, like it takes a lot of work. 
But when I'm going through the person's, you know, bottom line, I'm like, wow, he's making a lot of money. And a couple of buildings that I've looked at, most of these guys are older gentlemen. They're just, they want to get out. Um, but their children are not ready to take over, which is really interesting. Um, you know, some parents, they know when a child's just not ready to be able to take over the business. And I think that's something that important that you really have to have your child with you and drag them along to kind of understand the, the ins and outs of this real estate business. Because I know I never want to turn my business over to someone else, but my children, uh, but my family, I want them to be able to operate it in the same manner um, and to be able to keep it going so they can have that, that, that wealth and steady income. But that, that piece of it, that's, that's one. Um, the other thing would be, you know, my dad uh, had businesses and, and one of his business were a, a liquor store. And so, you know, that's something that I'm kind of looking at. And I would say one of my reasons for uh, looking at a liquor store that comes with a liquor license is we are now looking at, um, you know, legislation for marijuana. And as you guys know, there will be some that are able to um, invest in a depository and the legislation from what I'm seeing, you're going to have to have a, 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 a liquor license hmm. to get into the business. So is that something else that I want to be able to look at? Maybe. So I have to kind of keep my options open there as well. When it comes to office buildings, you really have to cut them up now because people are just purchasing just the office itself. So they're renting just the office space and that's it. I think it's a little difficult to be able to rent an entire like office building. Yeah, no, no question. We, that's, that's actually what we do in, in uh, Trenton as well. We have an office building that we purchased right when the market crashed in, in 09. And we're like, we got this big building with no tenants. So uh, we actually have about 20 tenants in there now but it's the same type of thing you have to you have to break it up and um and you know you give you're able to help but it's a management that's a whole other whole other discussion point but it is you're you're managing that that just like you're saying about the rooming house which is really really interesting i know that's taken off um in philadelphia as well the, the rooming house approach um so that's neat and, and, I, and i think you're raising a great point people there's so many parts of this business and you know you have to be cognizant of what you're good at, but then there are new opportunities and you can't put your blinders on either. But just like, just like anything, you know, people date slowly and then they hopefully get married when it's the right fit. It's the same thing with pivoting in this business. People go into new things too quickly and that's when they get burned and that's when they have their, you know, they're, they're, they're just, they don't, they don't assess it enough and really um, analyze it enough, I should say. So I think that's great that you're like, these are new opportunities and I'm, thinking about them and exploring them. And I think that's a great way of being because uh, people um, either move too quick or too slow and, and then they can get burned or they just stay in what they're doing and don't really want to expand. So. Right. And that's so true. And the other piece, and we talk about, you know, investing, just make sure you have a solid team that you're working with. And when I mean team, like your electrician, your plumber, your carpenter, those people can either burn you or really help you um, through this process. And so when you have a great team to work with, people that you can depend on, people that you can call um, almost like 24-7 that are going to come out for you right away, okay, it, 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 it makes all the difference. And you also want to make sure that you're treating them right. So uh, pay people on time. Um, pay them for, you know, the work that they're doing. I usually do uh, like 25% upfront. Uh, when they're halfway through the job, I'm going to probably, you know, give them the 50%. And once they completed the job, I'll pay the 100%. Do not be a fool and pay 100% upfront uh, because you can then get burned. You want to make sure that a person completes the work uh, in the right way and provide you with quality. And you want to make sure that it passes inspection because if it doesn't pass inspection and then you can't get the person back out, like it just it defeats the purpose. Yeah, absolutely. I want to transition now to our uh, fabulous three questions. So the first one will be, what's the most transformational book you have ever read? So I was talking about this D-free 
book, and it's by one of my mentors, uh, Reverend Buster Soares, and the four Soares. And so um, I'm like, so Buster Soares, we actually met, I was uh, part of the SMILE program in Mercer County Community College, and I wasn't even supposed to be a part of this program because it was for inner city kids, and uh, he allowed me to still be a part of it. And uh, he's been a mentor ever since, especially like when I ran for Hamilton Township Council, when I jumped on uh, John Corzine's campaign. And so he was somebody that's always been very instrumental. Um, his, his book really talks about, you know, breaking free of that financial gridlock and really kind of setting up some, some pointers for yourself and making sure that you are listening to that guidance because you have to have those resources and, and tools. It's, it's, just, it's very advantageous for you to be successful in what you do. That's great. I'm going to check them out. Um, the second question would be, uh, what's the most powerful routine you do to create a financially free and balanced life? I honestly, um, number one, and this is something my dad has always taught me, I guess it's two things. You need to be able to take roughly about 30% of your income and save it. Some people are like, 30% is a lot. Okay, please take 20 at least. <laughs> and you need to save that. My other thing is credit card debt. Like you got to be really, really careful with that, guys. And I know with the young professionals, with our younger people, social media can really get you in trouble. Um, you know, you're, you're looking at all these different celebrities, whether it's the Kim Kardashian or it's the Beyonce or, you know, whomever. And they have all these flashy items, whether it's the pocketbook or these, the makeup now, like, Growing up, I didn't have to spend that amount of money on makeup as a teenager or as a young adult, thank God. But you guys are spending like so much money on things, it's ridiculous. And we talked about it earlier, trying to keep up with the Joneses. So you want to be very careful on how you're spending your money um, and how you're swiping that credit card. So one of the things my dad always taught me, if you can't pay your credit off, uh, credit card off in three months, then don't buy it. That, that's a great tip. Absolutely. Yeah. The last question is, which women, famous or not, alive or not, has inspired you the most? Hmm. You know, of course, like my mom. My mom is phenomenal. My mom, she doesn't have a college degree. Uh, my mother, you know, married at a, I wouldn't say necessarily a young age, but my mom married, a, you know, my father, who was a business owner. And my mom was a manager for the state of New Jersey. Um, when I say she's probably one of the best success stories, and I've, I've watched her, she moved from her, her parents' home in South Carolina at the age of like 18 and moved here to New Jersey. I look at her now and I'm like, wow, like not too many people can like tell your, you know, have your same story. My mom has full health benefits where you're not getting that anymore as a retired person. <laughs> you're just not getting that. Uh, my mom can hold down the entire household if, you know, if my father wasn't around. And my mom still has the ability to, like, she travels, has, you know, does her, uh, you know, concerts with our friends and vacations. And I just think that's just amazing to be able to live your best life um, in, in, in your 60s. And so that's what we all need to kind of prepare ourselves for, that you can live your best life um, in, in your adult age when you're, you know, retired. So if you don't have that financial ability and you're not set up you gotta really think about that guys so look at your retirement plan um look at your you know do you have a pension do you have a 401k those are questions that you need to ask yourself and so something like real estate that you will have will help you maintain that livelihood it will give you that balance that you're looking for so i will you know hold, i i i pray and hope that 
I'm going to have these properties and in, in my 60s, 70s, and 80s, and I can be able to pass them on to the next generation. So that's going to allow me to survive. That's going to allow me to still take a vacation when I'm retired. That's going to still allow me to purchase the kind of car. Like my mom just bought a Range Rover. Okay, mom, that's great. Like it's not too many people can do that. And so I'm proud of her. I'm super proud of my mom being able to to do those things. Um, And so hopefully at some point you guys will talk about whether like it's the life insurance, um, you know, young people, you have to be able to think about that because you know, I've had friends that have lost their parents at an early age. Do you have life insurance on your parents? Like I have life insurance on both of my parents. They, they have their own thing, but I also have life insurance on them. You know, it's something that I'm paying like a hundred dollars you know, a month. It's not, it's not crazy. So those are things that you have to be prepared for and, and think about because those are things that can truly wipe you out and if you're not prepared for them. Well, and you're, you're, you're bringing up some great, I and mean, we, we have to get you back on the show, Tanil, <laughs> because there's uh, a lot we didn't cover, but you know, you're, you're raising a great point, you're raising great, some amazing points, and we just, uh, around financial wherewithal, and before you can run, you have to walk, and you have to get your finances in order, and uh, that's a... Great, great, great point. And I don't think people talk enough about that. So, um, so thank you so much for being on this, uh, on our show and, and, you know, just sharing all your wisdom and, and ideas and thoughts and just really giving some great nuggets. So thank you for your time and, and, uh, you know, all your expertise. Well, thank you. This is a, I had an amazing time with you guys. I really appreciate you inviting me and having me. And I look forward to the next time that we talk. Absolutely. Absolutely. I'm excited about that as well. Thank you. Thank you. If you enjoyed this podcast and want to receive updates on our next interviews, go to our website, therealestateinvestor.com. There you can subscribe to our show, become part of our investor community and get updates on upcoming episodes. If you like our show, please share it with other women who would benefit. And don't forget to leave us a rating on iTunes. We'd really appreciate it. And as always, we encourage you to take one action as a result of today's show and put it into motion so you can live both a financially free and balanced life. Thanks for spending time with us. Ciao.